Hey, it's Roaning Man. If you like this video, please like and subscribe to the channel because there's going to be a lot more good stuff where this first one came from. So today we're going to talk about how to become the best MGTOW that you can be and the, basically the phases of becoming a MGTOW. The reason why I say that is because it's very important. The, I think a lot of people when they realize, you know, personal change, right? When, when they realize that things are not the way they thought they were, there's a tendency to shut down. There's a tendency to go rogue, basically, and, and not to, to kind of assume that none of the rules apply. Like, hey, I was screwed over, and so, you know, now, like, all bets are off, right? It's like the guy in the movie who just, like, you know, Rambo. He's out there, you know, just taking people out, you know, and uh, he doesn't care, right? And I, I understand the feeling. Don't get me wrong. There ain't nothing wrong with that feeling. You know, in fact, that fantasy is fine. But I think to really make personal change, you, you really need to go through, I guess, the necessary phases. And you have to set yourself up for success, right? One of the biggest problems is when you when you becoming a MGTOW, really what we're talking about is throwing away all the ideas you had about relationships until now in the garbage can and changing yourself so that you can live basically totally separate from most society's you know expectations of you. I mean, if you think that's easy, if you think it's as simple as just taking a pill, you know, there's the red pill, right? You just take that pill and then all of a sudden it's all clear to you like in the matrix. I mean, you're totally out of your mind. Uh, I think I think that taking the red pill in the sense of accepting, starting to see beyond, you know, I mean, beyond the curtain and see what's really going on in life is a really important step. And it can be it can be the beginning of an escalator ride that just takes you, you know, and so in that sense, there is some truth to it. But at the same time, to really to really grow and also to be as successful as you want to be in life, it takes it takes personal growth. You got to change, man. You got to change. It ain't just about figuring out the girls, figuring out what they want and what they're doing and distancing yourself from them. Because that's this is no for me, this is not the kind of life I want to live. You know, I want to be very successful. Uh, a little bit about myself. I've had many businesses in my life. I've, I moved to Asia in 1989, um, originally from the States, but I've lived out here uh, since, since the 80s. And I've had, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a, I would say I'm a natural pickup artist. So I've had, I don't know exactly, but somewhere between six and 900 girlfriends. And uh, all this stuff that I've done has really shaped my thinking. And I've been a MGTOW since 1992. And I'll describe that all in this first uh, podcast so you guys can really hear what I'm talking about and where it all came from. And it was actually before the MGTOW movement officially started. So if my story doesn't fit exactly with the, you know what I mean, with the script that everybody's following right now, uh, bear with me and listen because we were out there doing it in the beginning and trying to figure out what to do, you know, how to do this thing, you know. My, my awakening really started... In, like I said, in 1992, I was living in Tokyo and I was, you know, young man. I was excited. Uh, Japan was a great place for me. I got, a, I got a job. I was teaching English. I was, everything was great. My students were great. Um, you know, there were mostly girls. I was sleeping with most of my students, uh, maybe 50 of my students. And I was just out picking up girls all the time. And, uh, you know, really like every kind of fantasy that I ever had about sex or you know anything from threesomes to 
um, I mean, just any place outdoors or any any particular act. It's like that was the period of my life um, when I was able to fulfill anything I wanted pretty much on a daily basis. So I didn't have at the time, I didn't have like a lot of uh, MGTOWs uh, have, you know, you know, anger, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. You know, I, I can't believe it. You know, all the girls are terrible. You know, that wasn't how I felt. And, and I totally respect people that have that experience. So, you know, I hope, I hope this is valuable for both sides. So this is just my honest story. Okay. So 1992, I'm, I'm dating all these girls, uh, and I'm still basically looking back, I'm basically a nice guy, like in the sense that it was very hard for me to tell the girls no or to, to be, I was a contradiction for the girls. Um, and I think they saw me as an easy target, but actually I wasn't at the time because I had so many girlfriends. So for example, I, one would come over and then, uh, you know, I would, I would, <laughs> in a sense, I'd kind of fall in love with her. And then I would be like, oh, I want to, you know, I'd be having a great time with her the day, you know, we had sex and did this and that, and whatever we did, go to Disneyland. And then, and then uh, I had another one coming over. So say it's say, say nine o'clock, there was another one coming. So no matter how much a good time I was having, I had to get rid of the one I was with um, because the other one's coming over. And so there's nothing I could do. So I, you know, would have to like do something. It was, it was uncomfortable for me. I, I, I like, I like women. I, I really enjoyed them and enjoyed everything about them. Really. I mean, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't look down on women that I slept with. I, I still am friends with many of the girls that I, that I, uh, my ex-girlfriends or whatever, uh, one night stands or whatever. And so it wasn't like that, but it was like, this was the beginning of MGTOW because I had to get rid of girls. Otherwise, I couldn't let the other one come over. So that was like not easy for me, actually. It was, it was hard. I, I was like turning my, because I'd be like, I'd be thinking, oh, I, this one's nice. <laughs> the other one's coming over. So it's like, okay, I got to get rid of this one, period. No matter what, I got to get rid of it, right? And then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do something and would go to the station or whatever. So I, I pretend like I'm going somewhere else or... I would go somewhere else temporarily and then the other one would come over and then I would meet her and then, then the other one would come over in the morning so I had to get rid of her and it was like that. And that was like super hard on me and it taught me that I could say no. I mean, I, I, I think in a sense, even though I had all these girls, I, I really was kind of like my life was kind of revolving around them, you know. Uh, and, I, and again, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was a great time. It was, it was a wonderful time. And um, But here I am learning, right? So... I'm sitting there and a guy moves into Tokyo, into town, and he was also into picking up girls. And uh, we hit it off right away. And, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, once he got to see my lifestyle, because I was keeping this very hidden. Like, I, I mean, of course, I got fired at work for sleeping with all the students, but a lot of it I was keeping hidden because I didn't want, uh, I don't know, I was ashamed, I guess, you know. It didn't fit with what I thought I was supposed to do with my life. I was grew up in a conservative family. My, my, you know, it, it, my family is very conservative. Parents married very young, um, never divorced. My brother never divorced. My sister never divorced. Nobody's divorced. And nobody was a playboy ever, you know, if you consider this a playboy. Um, and so, of course, I didn't totally cover it up. But, I mean, I, 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 was, I was ashamed, I guess, you know. I was, I was ashamed of what I was, what I was doing. I thought it was wrong, I think, at the time. But so this guy comes into town and uh, he basically said to me, he said, he, he looked at my life and he said, 
you know, you got to get hard, man. I mean, like, you got to get hard, man. You got to treat them like sluts and this and that. And, you know, you have to, uh, you know, treat them like dirt and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, a, he was basically a total, a total asshole. And, and I was like, why? Like, why do you have to do that? Like, and he's like, well, you know, so you can have a lot of girls or whatever. And I was like, I don't understand that. But that, that didn't make sense to me. But either way, he, he was also in the same mode as I was as far as, you know, meeting girls. And I could, I could be open with him about what I was doing. So I was hanging out with him. And he gave me a couple of books that changed my life. And the one book was called The Predatory Female. And I'll put this in the link below. The Predatory Female is a book uh, by written under a pseudonym, uh, Reverend Shannon. And it is, uh, you can read it down below. The PDF is there. Uh, and also uh, support the book and buy it from Amazon. Um, but the, the, that, that book, it, 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 it was very different than me, right? Because I really recommend reading The Predatory Female because this was probably the first MGTOW book, I think, ever written. I think that was really MGTOW there, the beginning of MGTOW. Um, although it was, again, it was so different from my experience because he was all talking about uh, being married and like how bad it was and getting divorced and how she screwed him over and how like girls are just all liars and this and that. And what... What that book did for me, although I could obviously see he was very resentful, and I was not resentful, um, is that it, it made me realize that women didn't always have my best interest in mind, you know? I think before that, I think I kind of looked at women like reverential in a way. Uh, so it was like, you know, women are great, you know, I'm so lucky to have all these women, they're so awesome. You know, this one's this, this one's that. And then it, when I read that book, it was like the first time I, I haven't ever thought about the dark side of women. And I read another book at the same time, which was also given to me by the same guy. And the book was uh, The, the uh, Manipulated Man by Esther Villar. And I read that book, both that and The Predatory Female, hundreds of times. I mean, I read them so many times, I wore out both books and had to get new ones. Because this is paper, this is before the internet, right? And I, it was very difficult to get those books back then. Uh, the Predatory Female actually was not difficult. Uh, it was The Manipulated Man was very difficult because women hated that book. And whenever it would be in a library, uh, it would be stolen, actually, by the original feminists. They were stealing the books from the library. And then they wouldn't, you know, get a new copy. So they were getting the book out of the library. So it was, like, really hard to get a hold of that book. I finally found it at a little uh, used bookstore when I was on vacation back home. And when I did, immediately, because um, my other one just like literally like I, you couldn't even read the pages. I had read them so many times and folded them so many times. It was, it was just like totally falling apart. So I got this other one and I copied it. It was a Xerox machine. And I made a bunch of copies and I started handing out to friends. And The Predatory Female and The Manipulated Man, both are very different books. Both are imperfect books. Uh, but I think very both very, very important books because they were really breaking ground. Um, even if I don't agree with all the ideas in them, you know, like uh, The Manipulated Man, I mean, as much as I, I love the book even today, uh, I, I went back and started to read it the other day because uh, I saw on somebody's MGTOW channel they had The Manipulated Man and I saw the, the interview with Esther Villar in German, you can see um, online or I can put that link below. And, uh, you know, she's very anti-women. And I, like I said, the guy who gave me these books is very anti-women. Um, and at the same time as I benefited so greatly from these books, I never was anti-women. Uh, you know, I never, I never bought into that part of it. So 
it's hard to say what I got from it, but I got a lot. I can say that. These books changed my life because I could see that for the first time, uh, like I said, women didn't have my best interest in mind. You know, maybe they wanted to marry me uh, to for whatever purpose they had, but it wasn't necessarily like, hey, I want Paul to have a great life. You know, it was like, I want, I want, I want. And it's not that big, it's not that shocking when you think about it. I mean, it's not, uh, but it's it still, for me at the time, I was like, I just kind of assumed, really at the time, I thought women were just angels. <laughs> I swear, I just thought they were angels. I thought they were great, you know. I loved them all, and I still have kind of part of that in me today, but um, but at the same time, I'm much more realistic now. And I've had, I mean, if I tell you all the horror stories I had, you'd probably think, how could the guy be so positive about women after all those things happened? But I just, you know, I just, <laughs> it's the way I am. I just still love women. I think they're great. I just spent the morning talking to a friend of mine. She's 59 years old. She's got divorced, and uh, she's having a hard time. And I have, you know, a great social life, and uh, what scares me when I hear about guys getting into MGTOW is I hear about people really trying to, you know, retreat into themselves and, you know, cutting off their family and, and being very angry. And I don't think that's necessary. I don't think it might be, it might be necessary as a stage, you know, it, it might be, you know, it might be an important stage. You know, if you look at Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she wrote the, um, you know, the acceptance of death, I think, or something like that. And she talked about the five stages of death and the first is denial, like, oh, they're not dead, you know. And then, you know, it's like the different stages in grief and, and all these different stages. And, and I think that I think that becoming a MGTOW is very, very much like that. I think when we say take the red pill, what we mean is, is, is open your eyes, man. <laughs> like, just open your freaking eyes to the real world, you know. It's like it's not some fantasy land. Like, things are not necessarily uh, stacked in your favor. They're stacked against you in many ways. You know, uh, no matter how many girls you have, no matter how many you don't have, it's the same deal. It's the same world. There's a system set up um, ever since time immemorial to milk guys for all their money and to create, uh, you know, families and have the, the children supported by the guy. And it all rests on our shoulders. And we kind of fall into the same way no matter what we do. I mean, these are these are everywhere we look. Right. We, we, we look uh, online, we look uh, in a movie, we look in a book, you know, whatever. It's always going to be those same messages. So here's, here's what I talk about. I, I think my, my phases of MGTOW. Uh, one is obviously the red pill, realization. Girls are not for your best interests. You know, and I think along comes with that was that your mom wasn't in for your dad's best interests. And that the sexes have different goals that contradict. And I think... When I realized and I thought of it, I realized I had been played the fool by a couple of girls. And that, that creates resentment. Uh, realizing that the deck is stacked against you. So, I mean, the media teaches you every movie you've ever seen, every book. Um, you know, they're never from a MGTOW perspective. They're always from a societal perspective, right? Um, so, companies, companies pay you a certain way. They give you, uh, you know, insurance for the family. They, you know, like if you were just... if if, if companies were set up to support single guys, uh, they would uh, pay differently, right? But it's, it's, it's set up to be a family. And, and the other thing is like um, music and even architecture. You know, every house, uh, there's one thing drives me insane, is like, uh, you know, I'll never be married. And when I, when I look at every house, when I look at houses, they're always designed for people that are married. 
you know it's just the way they are they're, they they have the bedroom they have the children's room you know they have the uh, the living room with the big table you know they don't have like the type of place that i always want which is more like a japanese love hotel uh, where it's built for pleasure it's built for a single uh, guy and the things he wants to do you know my ultimate house is more like combination of a japanese love hotel and a german uh, restaurant kitchen you know where you can really cook i love to cook i love good food um, and a nice kitchen is like super important to me so everything is 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 designed with our enslavement or our servitude our support in mind so okay so that when you realize that you think well shit you know what what's going on right and the first thing you think is you're angry it's like what the hell you know you think back and you think of all the things that happened to you you start to think of your brother what situation he's in and your friends are in what they've gone through you might have like incredible anger at one girl for one situation in your life that happened maybe you were divorced uh, maybe she you know took took your money maybe she lied maybe she stole money maybe you know maybe a number of things happened uh, maybe she had a, a side guy you know and uh, you know that that can really burn that can really hurt especially if you've given your all to the girl so anger is the next step right and this can last for years and I know a lot of MGTOWs are very angry especially young guys um, and I think it's a, it's a necessary phase this is real life out here it's hardball we're playing hardball so I'm not saying any feelings that you have are not legitimate they're all legitimate and I've gone through all of these things myself so this is the second phase is anger the next one is confusion right so okay so now you realize that it's not in your favor what what should you do what what is the path what are the options right um, and I think this is really one of the toughest ones and this is what MGTOW uh, MGTOWs in general are doing for guys is they're giving direction they're saying hey okay you realize this yeah it's true for you right so what are you gonna do about it here's what I did you know here's what I think here's my experience this is invaluable inf information for um, anybody who is just realizing the same thing so special shout out to Diana Davidson uh, Sandman um, MGTOW 101 uh, MGTOW expat and um, you know all the guys uh, that are that are that are kind of carrying the torch uh, in the community and made those videos that are really waking a lot of guys up you know so this is where you get the confusion step three is when you start to really study what is MGTOW and what should what what have other guys learned right what 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 gems of wisdom are out there and what options are out there so that I don't have to make tons of mistakes myself right um, you know like and, and, and like you look at family culture and you see friends and society and everything kind of against you like what do you do right what do you do uh, so so that's basically I, I think the next phase obviously is to is to listen to everybody and to read as much as you can uh, even from un, un, uh, you know unusual sources I I personally think that the, the, the pickup uh, industry I've friends with a lot of top pickup artists and uh, like I said I'm a natural myself and I've done that a lot I'm not doing it right now actually uh, at this age I'm not really that interested uh, in going out and picking up girls but I have the, the lessons that I learned were invaluable and I think I think that the personal growth that a pickup artist goes through when he pushes himself through these phases is like really in line with 
uh, MGTOW because it's a it's a basically a pickup artist, a, a, a PUA or a MGTOW are guys who are really realizing that that what society tells them to do, what's what the track is for them, doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And I think there's probably a lot of secret guys who 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 are MGTOWs who actually studied quite a bit of PUA stuff and, and got a lot of benefit. And the thing about both both movements is that is that it's really out of the box and it's guys only, right? It's guys only helping guys and trying to figure this stuff out that's called life, right? And how to make life the best you can. Uh, at this stage in my life, I am completely MGTOW. You know, I started going my own way back, like I said, back in 92. And my own way was not the same as everybody else's own way. Okay, my own way was I having plenty of girlfriends but not being beholden to any of them. So they could all leave and I'd be like, okay, cool, you know, no problem. You know, uh, right. So just let's, let's, let's think about what we want to do, right? What's, sometimes in my stage right now, I actually think that dating girls is kind of a waste of time for me at this. And I might change in another whatever period of time I might change. But right now I'm so focused on, you know, my business and my, my, what I'm doing right now and creating this new channel and trying to think of everything that I can bring to the table with my my experience because I have a lot more experience than a lot of people do online you know I have a lot of experience so feel free to ask questions below send me any questions I any kind of topics that you think that you want my take on because every topic can be looked at different ways so there's no one there's no one in all be all of any topic right it's like an elephant, right? And the blind guy is feeling the elephant. One feels the trunk, one feels the leg. You know, we're all trying to figure this thing out. We're all trying to figure it out. So I'm happy to uh, give my take on any topic uh, that you like. So put it in the uh, comment box below. And I appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate you supporting the channel and uh, getting a subscribe, telling the other MGTOWs about it. And I'd love to uh, either interview different different guys and, uh, and, and really like what I do when I'm making a video or when I make, when I'm doing an interview or when I'm just even meeting anybody, having any kind of discussion is I consider it a chance to learn new things. So I don't think of it like a, life is not a debate for me. A debate is when you're trying to win your point. You're trying to be right. I'm never trying to be right. What I'm always trying to do is I'm trying to always take what I gather in the day. Okay. Whether it's in a conversation and, in, and, and, and put it through my, my truth filter of everything I've learned and then to realize a new conclusion, right? So it's not like, oh, I'm going to teach them what I think. It's more like the way you ask the question and the way you phrase it, it's actually telling me something, right? It's teaching me something. It's, it's about how you feel and how you think, right? So and, and then I hope I can mix my thinking with that and then come out with something new and keep improving and improving and improving because there is no end to self-improvement you know this is this is this 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 MGTOW thing is not as simple as just taking the pill there's so much to it we're going to talk about in other videos about how not to be blackmailable you know I I, uh, I think one of the biggest problems with MGTOWs is they is, is you're putting yourself in a position where once people find out you can be blackmailed and you could be you could lose your job or you could have problems with uh, what it, whatever and that would cause you to to give in I'm going to talk about how I have my life totally unblackmailable. <laughs> you know, I'm not like the guy in the movie where they, they, they kidnap the guy's kids and then he's like totally at their mercy. Like there's nothing anybody can do short of kill me or my, my, my parents 
pretty much that you know would be like oh i'm just definitely going to give in to this right and that 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 also being unblackmailable so maybe we'll do this in the next video being unblackmailable uh i mean financially i mean socially at the same time is having a great social network because i think other people are the key to life so to me migtao is not hiding in my shell it's about realizing something very true about the world and it's about finding other smart guys who think the same way and it's about creating something out of nothing and creating a movement that is something that is, is cool, something that's great to be involved with, new ideas, you know, not just rehashing the same old stuff, same old stuff, same old stuff, right? It's like, let's take this to the next level and ourselves to the next level. And that's my goal uh, with MGTOW. So this has been uh, Ronin Man, and thank you very much for listening. And like I said, please hit that subscribe because it means a lot. And any comments also, because comments, uh, you know, YouTube takes those super seriously. Because they, they look at that and they say, hey, you know what? People are listening to this channel. People are paying attention to this guy or this girl. And uh, so thank you very much for listening.